Welcome to the Building the Elite Podcast, where we discuss the physical, mental, and emotional aspects of human performance within military special operations by looking at the principles that can help anyone thrive in chaotic and challenging environments. This is Jonathan from Building the Elite. Today we will talk about expectations, why examining them is so important, and how to manage them when they arise. When we don't take the time to examine our expectations and they don't become a reality, we can have strong feelings of disappointment, resentment, anger, frustration, discouragement, or resignation. Expectations are another word for predictions, and our senses of predictability and control are the primary variables determining how strong our stress response is to any situation. A higher degree of both equals a smaller stress response. Conversely, if we have a prediction that doesn't come true, we'll have a stress response. In turn, negative emotions stemming from faulty predictions often lead to decreased motivation. So we can shape our stress response and performance in challenging situations by understanding and analyzing our expectations. Stress is both cumulative and progressive. Each little unchecked emotional response triggers a small stress response that gradually adds up. Like a thousand little cuts, each one is not a big deal, but cumulatively, they are enough to overwhelm. As our stress response progressively increases, we lose control over the executive, or thinky, parts of our brain. In soft selection, this is when we lose the ability to override the part of our brain telling us that quitting is the right thing to do. We set ourselves up for failure when we base our expectations on things we can't control. This is especially true if we operate in conditions designed to strip away our senses of predictability and control, like selection, open-ended workouts, and most emergencies. To illustrate this point, let's look at a few examples of expectations based on things we can't control. For instance, expecting to cruise through a workout or feel great the entire time. Expecting to maintain a certain pace or output throughout an event. Expecting to get positive feedback from those around us about our performance. Expecting to maintain a comfortably hard output and not reach new levels of pain or fatigue. Or expecting the event to go exactly as we have imagined in our minds. We can't avoid having expectations. Our brains always predict the future to gauge what resources that we need to cope. But we can shape them. We can examine our expectations and focus them on things that we can control. For example, we can do things like expect to focus our attention and self-talk to maintain a positive or neutral headspace. We can expect to segment, compartmentalize, and use other mental skills to cope with challenges as they arise. We can expect to give our best effort and adapt to what comes at us. We can expect to focus on specific physical cues like cadence, breathing, and movement cues to shift our attention away from sensations of pain and fatigue. And we can expect the challenge to be harder than we might imagine it, but also be okay with getting buried. The examples I just covered have process-oriented expectations that are not focused on the outcome and are entirely within our control. 
If we examine our expectations, focus on what we can control, and don't argue with reality during challenging events, we are setting ourselves up to perform better and avoid the effects of accumulated stress. As we push ourselves into unfamiliar territory through open workouts and novel life experiences, we'll find that our thoughts will reveal expectations that we didn't know we had. In these situations, we have to deal with our reality, not the one we wanted. In other words, we can't argue with facts. To perform well, we must recognize, accept, and respond to the situation we're in, not fight an internal battle because our feelings were hurt. To do this, we must monitor our thoughts, feelings, and other sensations, and skillfully direct our attention to the things that matter. Monitoring our stream of consciousness in challenging situations requires that we've developed the skill of mindfulness. Mindfulness is a fancy way of saying you can monitor your thoughts and feelings on the fly by skillfully directing your attention. As a side note, this is the first mental skill we have all our clients sharpen. You'll never change your reality if you can't monitor it. During challenging situations, here are some self-talk and thoughts to look out for. I shouldn't statements, like, I shouldn't feel this tired. I wish statements, like, I wish I had brought more exercise candy. I'm not statements, like, I'm not fit enough to do this. This isn't statements, like, this isn't fair. A mismatch between our experience and expectations drives these types of statements. When we make them, we are arguing with reality trying to mental magic ourselves into a position that we prefer rather than the one that we have. It's a form of passive coping, dealing with a difficult situation by ignoring, avoiding, or otherwise not accepting and working with it. Another trap is fixating on our feelings and sensations of pain and fatigue. For example, statements like, I feel tired, exhausted, overwhelmed, or insert some feeling here, or I can't keep this pace up, or do another round, or this is really hard, exhausting, etc. Noticing is okay. Fixating is not. We might have a passing thought or feeling like the ones described, but it shouldn't stay centered as the focus of our attention. When we notice this happening, we have to be skeptical of thoughts and feelings and fact-check them. For example, I feel worked, but I've been here before and I made it through. I know I can get through another fill-in-the-blank round or whatever of this. I've felt awful before, but every time I've been okay afterward. This situation is challenging, but I'm here to expand my ability to tolerate difficulty and I have the tools to navigate this. I have the skills to deal with this if I focus on one thing at a time. It's just a thought or feeling. I can focus on something else I can control. There is one important caveat here. You shouldn't ignore your feelings and bodily sensations in all situations. There is a time and place to feel and process your feelings or pay closer attention to what your body tells you. The middle of an emergency or soft selection is probably not that time. Another place expectations trip us up is when we lose cognitive flexibility and become overly rigid. As the survival expert Lawrence Gonzalez covers in his book Deep Survival, 
we must continuously update our map of the world as new information comes in. In complexity theory, this is sometimes described with the phrase, equilibrium is death. As soon as we stop adapting to our environment, we start sliding down the path of decay and death. Constantly needing validation is a common pathway to this mental trap. We all need to feel capable to create the confidence and will to persevere. But how you seek out that validation matters. That confidence should flow from knowing that you have overcome adversity in the past and that you have the fundamental capabilities to do so. This is derived through experience. Confidence and capability aren't words you know so much as concepts you teach your mind through lived experience. They combine to shape the answer to the question, can I rely on myself? Being able to answer this question allows us to relax into familiar effort, knowing that our best is good enough, that we have within us what it takes to meet the challenge. As we develop this confidence, we must maintain awareness of our desire to fulfill our expectations. Confidence stems from meeting the expectations and standards that we set for ourselves, but we have to do so while maintaining flexibility. For example, imagine you're doing a distance run workout and your foot starts to hurt and progressively worsens, but you're only at the halfway point. What do you do? If you're in the middle of soft selection or another situation where stopping isn't an option, you just deal with it and continue. In any other scenario, not stopping and trying to resolve the issue is the wrong decision. If we need to prove to ourselves or someone else that we can push through pain or hit a specific runtime, we'll likely just ignore the pain and forge ahead. The capacity to do this is essential. Mental toughness is the ability to pursue a goal despite discouragement and setbacks. It's not giving up when reality says you should. But being mentally tough without cognitive flexibility can be a liability. Effective decision-making under stress involves much more than doing the same thing harder when you hit an obstacle or the operational dynamics change. A narrow sense of confidence based solely on mental toughness makes us fragile. We've already failed if our sense of well-being and confidence relies on fulfilling rigid expectations, if not today, eventually, and likely in a spot much more consequential than a timed run. Expecting to be capable isn't a problem. Being able to push through discomfort and pain is an asset. However, not being capable of adjusting our approach when reality interjects with conflicting information is a liability. In a running example, if it was a training run, not getting hurt is far more important than the result of that single training session. That doesn't mean that we should bail every time we feel intense discomfort. Pain and fatigue are inescapable parts of high performance. It might seem contradictory to be able to push through pain, fatigue, intense emotions, and other difficulties when needed while simultaneously being capable of adjusting our approach. Resilient and capable people don't constantly shift their expectations in response to challenges, settling for mediocrity, but they maintain the ability to adjust their approach based on the specific context of the situation so that their moment-to-moment -moment actions are constantly oriented toward their long-term goals, not just proving a point while jogging on a random Tuesday. 
When necessary, they put their head down and find a way through. And conversely, they adjust when the better decision is to shift short-term expectations to stay on track toward a long-term objective. They do this by focusing on the process rather than the outcome. They lead themselves with principles and constantly update their mental map of the world by staying present in their mind and body and adjusting when their strategies are not working. We must also monitor our emotional responses during these situations. Being mad at whatever training situation we find ourselves in, or mad at our performance, is like a fish being mad at water. We are supposed to be here. If we're in the middle of a training session, what we're experiencing isn't pointless punishment or suffering, but an opportunity to learn new skills and refine existing ones so that we can suffer less in the future. When we notice expectations and their corresponding thoughts and feelings, we can only manage the moment for what it is and do the next right thing. We must reframe our situation before our thoughts and feelings take our mind hostage and we find ourselves reacting without thinking. What we do in our heads right now is our only concern, not what we had hoped or expected to happen. To recap, managing expectations has several distinct stages. First, build awareness of your expectations by monitoring your thoughts before, during, and after training sessions. Reconstruct expectations that focus on things you can control and are process-oriented then pursue difficult situations to build confidence and capability. And finally, stay present during these pursuits, monitoring your thoughts, feelings, and body to identify expectations you didn't know you had and adjust your approach when needed. 